Hola, amor. Hola, cariño. Hello, and welcome to Uy, Que Horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I am Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Hello. 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 <laughs> How you doing over there? <laughs> uh, I'm honestly, I'm uh, grateful for a non-humid day today. It seems to, it's, I mean, it's still fucking hot, but yeah. it's non-humid. Uh, which is lovely. And uh, yeah, just hanging out. How about you? I'm doing something a little bit differently today, which usually I record from my closet in my apartment. But Matthew, my boyfriend, is doing a pedagogy. Is that what he calls it? I Teaching don't children know, shit. Dude. He's doing something at the apartment where, like, it's With the loud. Viola and yeah, the violin. if I did my recording from there, you'd hear that in the background. So I was like, I'll go to my parents' place, which I thought would be a. I was like, brilliant idea, <laughs> but I arrive. And there's literally some guys power washing the deck. It so also, aside like, from that, the way that uh -huh. I'm looking at you, it looks like you're yeah. standing up. Like it's, it's oh, <laughs> I'm at I'm at a tall desk. You're floating. <laughs> <laughs> but like aside from the fact that there's power washing that I don't think you'll hear because no. I checked every fucking room in this house to be like which is the most like which will be the most quiet. But also, my parents might like knock at the door and be like, "Hey, how's it going in there?" You know, they're I hope you so. know they're uh, they've been adopted by the neighborhood cat who meows so loudly. So you might hear Echo. that. It's gonna be a real adventure today. I'm excited. Um, speaking of adventures, <laughs> oh, this movie, girl, you're <laughs> so this is your pick this week. This is a movie that I believe was made by a like film company from Argentina, pero it was mostly filmed in Peru. The film is a postcard for Peru. Like it is. Oh my gosh. It, it might as well be a, like brought to you by Peruvian tourism ministry or whatever. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So the movie that I picked is 1975's El Inquisidor, a.k.a. El Inquisidor de Lima, a.k.a. <laughs> El Pecado del Fuego, a.k.a. El Inquisidor, Las Brujas Desnudas, which is my favorite title. Isn't it El Fuego del Pecado? What did I say? Did I say el something El Pecado wrong? del Fuego. Oh, fuck it. Yeah, no, that's, you're right. El Fuego del Pecado. My bad. <laughs> Just so many titles to pick from. So I'm really excited to go to Peru with you today. Why don't you give us a little synopsis? Yes. So I, I found a website called Cinefania.com. Terror Universal, oh. from this article, I translated this synopsis, so, Lovely. so hopefully it makes a little bit of sense. A series of mysterious murders of young ladies in the city of Lima are investigated by the local police. The curious thing about the case is that the girls are burned alive. Ooh. The murder of a driver with an old medieval weapon, a cross-shaped dagger, puts investigators on guard. The Holy Office has returned. Ooh. Oh, yes. Well, that is giving us what we need yeah. for the most part. But I'm going to say this was a confusing fucking ride. <laughs> oh, my God. We found it. You found it on YouTube and you sent me this link. And uh, it's 
from the 70s so it's poor quality the sound isn't very Bad. great yeah so i turned on those infamous youtube captions and which do nothing oh i have some treasures i cannot wait when we go along <laughs> yeah so but that being said there are a lot of moving parts in this movie scenes are quick they come and go fast fast <laughs> fast so get yes. ready to jump all over the place but we're gonna put this puzzle together today. Okay. Okay, so this is El Inquisidor, 1975, Peru slash Argentina, written by Gustavo Girardi and directed by Bernardo Arias. Ready to burn in hell? Yes, I'm ready, girl. <laughs> I've been ready. <laughs> All right, so we open with old school 70s shots of Lima, Peru, statues, old buildings, fountains, plazas, gorgeous old school Lima. Beautiful. It looks like I, there's some pictures I have of my mom and my tía Liana visiting Peru, <gasps> but I also have a lot of pictures of my mom in the late 60s early 70s and it fully looks like this like it's not sepia tone but like mm -hmm. there is like a a yellowing yes like filter on it and the people are walking in their 70s outfits and uh, bell bottoms the, the best looks, outfits the yes. looks and the looks movie. are great in this movie yeah. i it's one of the things i love about talking 70s movies with you is just discussing the, the wonderful lukes. looks yeah. yeah so we get our title card el fuego del pecado in all red fiery letters and so we meet our first blonde woman there are <laughs> five million blondes in this movie Thirteen thousand <laughs> blondes in this movie so, this blonde woman is marga dilet i called her evil blonde but this is marga so marga pulls up to a building she's in a fabulous car she goes into this building and it seems that this is like a doctor's office a clinic because we go inside and we see marga in like a doctor's lab coat with two nurses. Uh -huh. In front of these nurses, there's a man with a beard on like a doctor's table with the sheet on top of him. And the nurse says to Marga, isn't this dangerous? And Marga says, don't worry, honey, I've got this under control. I still don't know what the fuck this means. But I she wrote, what's happening? <laughs> Why? I don't know. But this dude who was under the sheet, he gets up and I was like, oh, he's fine. And so this man under the sheet, this bearded man, this is aviators. I wrote cool. aviators too. Great. So we're good so far. So so All far right. we have evil blonde slash Marga, Marga. And aviators. Yes, yes. Yeah. So then we get these shots of a black car with white ribbons tied to the door handles driving through Lima, Peru. We notice that Aviators now seems to be driving Marga's car, mm. and he is following the black car with the white ribbons on the side. Right. So Aviators like pulls up along to this dude in the white ribbons car and flags him down. He starts to wave at him. So white ribbons car pulls over, thinking that Aviators was telling him, like, something's fucked up with your car. Check your tires or whatever. Right. So white ribbons chauffeur, chauffeur pulls over. He checks his tires, and he's like, what the fuck? Nothing's wrong. Aviators comes up and stabs, stabs him in the, the gut out of him. with a cross dagger. And we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, literally, we still have credits right now. Yeah. This is all under the credits. So now we cut to the wedding of Cristina Prado. And we meet yet another blonde woman. This is Maria Elena Prado. And this is Cristina's sister. So the woman who's getting married, 
This other fucking blonde is her sister, Maria Elena Bravo. Yes. After the ceremony, everybody's outside the church, you know, saying bye to the newlyweds. And we see that Aviators has stolen the white ribbons car because he just fucking killed the chauffeur. Right. Aviators pulls up to the church. Cristina gets in thinking, this is my chauffeur. And he drives Snatches off with her, leaving everybody in the bitch. dust. He fucking bye. drove away with that hoe. So now we cut to newlywed Cristina. Like she literally was like, I just got fucking married and she is on the rack, like torture device, the rack. Somebody's turning a wheel, stretching her body. She's all sweaty and bloody and crying out. And we see this old man in a white turtleneck. <laughs> this is turtleneck. All right. Turtleneck too. <laughs> so turtleneck, Marga and aviators are watching poor Cristina get tortured. They're like stretched out a la Braveheart. Didn't they do that with Braveheart? I think they do, yeah. I think so. And so along with these like this trio, Turtleneck, Marga, aviators, there is also like there are like some goons who are yeah, in like this three movie, or some four bad guys. Other yeah. Goons wearing black turtlenecks. And the, the ones that stick out to me are like there's a black guy and then there's another dude with like a white mop of hair. Just yeah. like a big mop of white hair. So one of the group the goons grabs like a fucking burning red hot branding poker like something you would brand cattle with and he comes up to Cristina did he put it in her vagina I think he did you don't see it you just see like he puts it somewhere on her body steam she screams and she passes out Okay, now we cut to Inspector Busso's office. I just called him El Inspector because I never <laughs> heard a name. All I heard was Inspector. Oh Buenas tardes. Sí, pase adelante, Inspector. Yes. Que no sé qué. Oh, okay. This is his case. This missing Cristina. This is his case now. Right. So he's talking to fucking Maria Elena Prado, the sister, the blonde, the blonde. we saw from the wedding. Who could not give less of a shit. She literally is like, oh my God, don't worry about it any moment now we're gonna get a call for a ransom like she's just been kidnapped big deal (laughs) girl your sister you nonchalant bitch wow okay honey so Busso is like no no lady that's not what's going on so he takes her to the morgue where he shows her the body of the dead chauffeur and she's like he's like this was a crime yeah they did this on purpose to take your sister that guy was supposed to pick up your sister to take her to the fucking your reception party bro remember yeah. remember when your sister got kidnapped right in fucking front of right. you <laughs> on her she's like, wedding day this dude? was on purpose she's you like f- well, you fool maybe not whatever. I don't think so okay so we're back with Cristina now and now she is being tied to a wooden frame the fucking torture people set her on fire alive and they just gleefully watch her burn and we notice here that they're all wearing white medallions with With a cross on on them them. yeah okay so it's the next day and cops see smoke at the top of the hill like they go check it out and they find Cristina's burned dead body awful the inspector Busso shows up forensics is there as well and forensics is like she was burned alive and her broken joints mean that they wanted to descuartizar her ui Damn. Yeah. And he's like, they used to do this torture shit in the Middle Ages. And with some lab tests, we can find out who she is. Yeah. We cut to a plane landing. 
Marga, evil blonde, has has landed in Argentina, and she's at immigration. She's like, I live in Peru, but I'm from Argentina. Pero and soy I'm just, Argentina. Please, like, don't confuse me. And I'm just here visiting some friends. Mm -hmm. Okay, simple enough. So now we meet Dr. Herrera. He arrives at this fancy-ass house, and he speaks with a fancy-ass woman with a curly bob hairdo. Perate. Please. So when he arrives, he drives up, in a car. Yeah. And uh, in the captions, this is the first of many times uh -huh. during this film where the captions say aplausos, like, a, oh, you know, why? In, it's, why? <laughs> instead of like, you know, uh, clapping or sounds yeah. or whatever, it says Applause. aplausos, applause, <laughs> but the sound that what that YouTube is picking up as aplausos is the car screeching to a halt. Yes. So aplausos comes up throughout this. Film. I will. I am going to point out every single time it does. Jesus Christ. And tell okay. you what sound it was supposed to be instead of aplausos. All right. I'm ready. Listen, Lady so Gaga. I live for the <laughs> aplausos. Okay. It's a great song. So. He arrives at this Curly Bob's hairdo. I call her Curly Bob. Her name is Curly Bob. I don't even remember who the fuck you're talking about. Oh, who is Curly Bob? So, I'll tell you. So Herrera at Curly Bob's house, he's looking at this little statue that looks like a deer. And Curly Bob says, my niece, Cristina, oh, the, new, yes, the freshly yeah. newlywed woman who is now dead. Yeah, yeah. She's like, Cristina was supposed to spend her honeymoon here, but she was killed. And, you know, a few <laughs> years ago, I spent some time with her and her sister, Maria Elena. Girl, when I tell you, I have to pause and re-listen <laughs> no. and re-listen. No, I'm laughing because... <laughs> Your Curly Bob is my Thea. I call yes, her Thea. She is the Thea. So we find out that Curly Bob is the is the aunt of Cristina, who is now burned and dead, and the blonde, the nice blonde, I guess, Maria Elena. Is everybody with us? Because we're not even close. That we might as well still be in the fucking credits. Oh my okay, god. Okay, so the Thea Curly Bob is like Cristina was supposed to spend her honeymoon here. She was killed. A few years ago, I spent some time with her and her sister, Maria Elena, and I we got close. Like, I felt like they were my amigas, so I thought they deserved to know. And I was like, no, what? What are you talking about, girl? Yeah. And so Herrera, he's all in a huff. He's like, you shouldn't have told them. Curly Bob Thea says, well, I did it. I told them, and I left them in charge of Club Thieb. And so Herrera is pissed. He leaves in a huff, and we see that the whole time he was being watched by Marga, who's outside in her car. Right. Now we cut to a department store. We're still in Argentina, and we see another blonde. 30 gorgeous. blondes. Oh, my God. This gorgeous blonde woman, Susana, she's trying on a bikini. So she's like, 70s. ¿Qué tal le queda? Her redhead friend, Marcela, comes up, and she's like, Bárbaro, te queda regio. Which I fuck, te queda regio. I love, I love that, that word, regio. So my Tiliana says it all the time. It just feels so fancy to me. I, Ay, I pero love este it. Está tan regio. Regio. I, I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> So these, Susana and Marcela, I call the package gals, just because they're about to buy a bunch of bikinis and packages, and they drop them throughout this movie. They love to drop their packages. Yes. So these are the fucking package <laughs> I, gals. One of the lines that I wrote down is, se cacheron los paquetes, se cacheron. Um, for the 10th time. <laughs> So the package gals, they also have like another friend there, but she's not in this movie. Uh, they leave the store with all their fucking packages. They go to a cafe where they ask 
to drink orange juice. Un jugo de naranja. Con hielo. Con jugo de naranja con hielo. Qué raro. Who does this? What time is it? Is it 8 a.m.? Quién sabe. <laughs> so uh, while they're drinking their orange juice, they discuss their upcoming trip to visit their school friend Alicia in Lima for a full month. Right. And in the back of this cafe, we see that the tía, Curly Bob, is also there with some of her pals. These pals walk Curly Bob Tía to her car and she's like, ah. Oh, my nerves are shredded because my niece was killed. And one of her friends is like, I'll call you tomorrow. And the tía is like, well, not before noon, bitch, because I yeah. gotta sleep, okay? <laughs> she is like, amigos que no me estén llamando antes de la fucking noon, brother. Yo estoy, Honestly, yo estoy I estresada. Get it. Por favor. Even if I wasn't estresada, please don't. Seriously. So we go back to Curly Bob Tía's house. And we see, again, Marga is outside in her car watching. So Curly Bob's in bed. Marga sneaks in and she attacks Curly Bob's butler, Esteban, with this huge candlestick. So Curly Bob goes out into the pasillo to see, like, what was the commotion. She sees Esteban on the floor and then Marga sneaks up behind her and gives her a shot into her neck. neck. Like a sedative shot. Yeah. Then Marga drags Curly Bob Tia into the yard. She ties her up to a fence and she sets that bitch on fire. Another aplauso, but this time it's fire. <laughs> <laughs> Applause for the fire. Okay, so the next day, the package gals arrive at the airport to catch their flight to Lima. And we also see that Herrera has also arrived at the airport. Right. Se cayeron los paquetes. De nuevo se cayeron. So, the, uh, so Herrera's like, let me help you with your uh, packages. I would be so annoyed I, if I was anyone near sitting by these women with like all these with loose their fucking packages. gifts. I'd be like, Bro. get a bag, girl. Bro. Buy another suitcase. I, Pero también... Tu fucking no. ba- backyard para estar caminando haciendo lo que te dé la Pero ganas. también these girls are like, sí, por favor, help us. Yes, everybody, oh. everybody look at us. Yeah. At one point, Marcela, she goes to buy a revista and we see that fucking Marga, evil blonde, is also at the airport wearing a fabulous hat. Just but, the most fabulous but hat. But also, Marga's wearing a fabulous hat. Uh-huh. Hat. Marcela's wearing a fucking scarf over her head. So everybody's got these like, p- like their blonde hairs poking out of, and I'm like, who? Who? Who are you? Who are you? Who is this? So, uh, but I think Marga is there watching Herrera, not the ladies. Like, she's there to watch Herrera. Okay. Okay, so the package gals land in Lima. The doctor helps them with their fucking package. And we see Marga was on the same flight. She's also arrived with them. The package gals say bye, and off they go with their friend Alicia. Right. So we're with Inspector Rousseau and two other detectives. They're looking at the cross dagger that killed the chauffeur. And one of them says, this is a silver dagger. Look at the green stains. The green stains are paint. This dagger is 300, maybe 400 years old. And Rousseau tells Inspector Vasquez, who's like our other main inspector dude, He's like, go find out who collects this kind of shit and also check antique shops because maybe it's stolen. Right. Okay, we're at Marielena Prado's house. (laughs) She drives off from her house and she's followed by aviators. So she ends up parking her car at a gas station and she's like, I'll be back in an hour to the attendant. And in this tiny little dress, 
she walks off and she straight up demands to be let into this like club by this dude guarding a gate. And she's like, Abreme la puerta pronto. So she walks onto what looks like a country club. And just so y'all know, this is Club Thebe. Meanwhile, Herrera is calling Maria Elena Prado. She wants, he wants to speak to her, but clearly she's not home because she's at Club Thebe. So he leaves a message. He's like, my name is Herrera. I've come all the way from Buenos Aires to speak to you. And then Herrera speaks to another guy who I just called Mustache. I don't know who the fuck this dude is. Sure. And he tells this guy, Amalia Sanchez Prado was burned to death. Amalia Sanchez Prado is, is Curly Bob Tia. And he's like, I haven't told Maria Elena yet. So Mustache is like, you got to tell her because she's in danger and she should probably hide. Now, answer me this. Riddle me this, Batman. Yes. Maria Elena is la blonde that was like, my sister is an idiot. That one? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I just want to make sure. So we're back at Club Thieb with Maria Elena, and she and another young woman, Teresa, walk into like a private room where Teresa helps Maria Elena out of her dress. And then we get this quick shot of, of like people naked hanging people? out naked on the lawn of the club. Right. Very quick. Yeah. So much so that I had to pause and be like, you're naked. Yeah. Couldn't even tell. What is the deal with this club? Club Tib is like the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. So we cut to Basquez and he's at a collector's gallery. He's talking to this old dude and he's like, hey, old dude, tell me about the cross dagger. So the collector says it's missing its crucifix. Like the blade should be sheathed in a cross. Mm. And then he says, look at the green stones. This is from the Inquisition, 1500s, 1600s during the persecution of witches. You should go see Padre Leonardo in the Convento de los Descalzos because he's an expert on this kind of shit. We're back at Club Thib, and a now-dressed Maria Elena is walking around, and she's straight-up attacked by the goons, Her aviators, Marga. is chloroformed. Yes. She, Marga puts a, like a chloroform thing on her face. She passes out. And they take her with them. Yeah. We get like a quick shot of the girl, the package gals at the beach with like the the, the guys that they've Riding met. Riding a beach buggy. Like, a beach buggy. They're like, we're going to go get ceviche. We're going to go out on the town in Lima. And like throughout this movie, whenever we see somebody being horribly tortured, it's usually interspliced with shots of these women having a great Lovely time. time in, in Lima, Peru. There, It's like, yeah. here's somebody being stretched to death and pulled and like a limb from limb. And here's these ladies at a nightclub. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. They're dancing or here they are like visiting a lovely plaza or like looking at Andean hats or something like that. And yeah. it's like. Right. Oh, and what's this is a weird going on? mix. Okay, so we're now in a dungeon with Maria Elena, and here comes white mop of hair and all the goons. They drag her to a crypt where Turtleneck says, what's the accusation? Marga says, brujeria. And we see Maria Elena naked being poked in the back by, by Marga with a cross dagger. And at the same time, shots of the package gals at a cockfight. So it's just like intersplice scenes, torture, cockfight, torture, cockfight. We're back with Busol, and he's talking to Maria Elena Prado's dad. I feel like I have to say her whole fucking name every time. I mean, I might as well. <laughs> We're with Maria Elena Prado's dad, because clearly she's missing. And the dad gives Busol the license plate number of uh, her car, and he says... A lawyer from Buenos Aires called her today, but she wasn't home. And that was the call from Herrera. And the dad explains this. He says, my daughters, 
Cristina and Maria Elena are set to inherit a great fortune. And meanwhile, Busso picks up a little statue that looks just like the one that Herrera was looking at at the Tia's house, at Curly Bob's house. Right. And so Busso's like, what does this represent? And the dad says, El demonio. Demonio. Oh, <laughs> why do you have this in your house? And why sir? do, why does, what's her face also why have it? Why does Tia Curly Bob have it? What's yeah. going on here? <laughs> tia Curly Okay, Bob. things are coming together. We're back in this torture chamber and Maria Elena's being tortured as Marga's like, ah, oh, what fun. <laughs> <laughs> and while she's being tortured, again, we get interspliced cut shots of the Groovy package girls tunes dancing and the night away. And then later on that night, the package gals and all their new boyfriends are on the beach and they see a beach bonfire in the distance. So they're like, Son yes, let's check it out. So they rush up to see it. And it's Maria Elena Prado. Not pescadores. Not at all. Strung up on a cross, burned to death. Yeah, horrible. Okay, so cut to a police station with the package gals. Herrera arrives to speak to Busso, and then Busso asks him, did you speak to Maria Elena? Herrera says, I tried to, but she wasn't there, so I left a message. I'll talk to her tomorrow. And Busso is like, uh, doubt it, because she's been murdered, dude. She did. And so Herrera says, well, I traveled here so I could speak with her about her inheritance and her business since her sister Cristina was also literally dead. just murdered. So Busso says, well, who inherits the money now? There's no will. And Herrera says, there's no will, so probably the parents? I don't know. Fishy, sneaky. Cut to a restaurant with Herrera and Mustache. And Mustache says, Maria Elena has been executed, so now what will you do? And Herrera says, my orders were to get an agreement between Maria Elena and the descendants of Bilet, which is fucking Marga Bilet. We heard uh -huh. her name earlier, which is evil blonde. And Mustache is like, but Bilet has disappeared, dude. So Herrera says, we got to find her because we're in danger. Bro. <laughs> when I tell you, I paused and went back and was like, ¿Qué está pasando? Yo, you're clearing it all up for me right now because I was like, I, I wrote down, so the sisters and the tia were heirs to a great fortune, but now they're yes. all dead and there's no will. Yeah. And that was it. And then was <laughs> but then we find out here, because Herrera talked to the mustache, that Herrera, his orders yeah. from somebody, quien sabe, were to go settle the business between Maria Elena, between the Prados and the Villets. So there's a connection here. But we don't know what that a connection no, is No, we don't yet. know. We okay. don't know yet. Uh, will we find out? I'm honestly not sure. <laughs> so so uh. Musso and Vasquez have found Maria Elena's car uh, where she left it with the attendant. And uh, the attendant tells them she's dropped it here and she went to that nearby club. So the inspectors go to Club Thib. And they speak with Teresa, the woman who undressed Maria Elena earlier in the right. movie. She says Maria Elena wasn't a member of the club, but Busso's like, girl, she was here yesterday. And so Teresa's like, well, you know, members can bring guests. So maybe that's why she was here. I was confused because like when Maria Teresa, como es que se llama? No, la... Teresa. La, no, la, Teresa. la, la, la otra. Oh, Maria Elena. Maria Elena. <laughs> uh, when she showed up to Club Thib. Uh-huh. And she saw Teresa. She was like, hola, como están? They hug. They like yeah. run together, frolic through the fucking whatever. So I was like, is she hiding something? She is. She's hiding okay. something. Yes. This is, this is, uh, she's like, no, why do you talk about? I don't know that bitch. What are you talking about? Sure. So. <laughs> 
So while Buso is talking to Teresa, Vasquez is looking at a statue, again, exactly like the one that we saw at Curly Bob's and Maria Elena's dad's house, the little demonio thing. Right. So Buso says, listen, I need to see the member registry of the club. And again, Teresa is very like, I don't know where it is. It's not here. And she then takes Buso and Vasquez on like a little walk through the grounds of the club. And she explains this is a cultural club. They host exposiciones here. So maybe La Señorita Prado was here just for like one of the exposiciones. Just kind of br trying to brush it off. You know what I mean? Exposiciones of boobs like that. That's What's a fucking like naked neg exposition of this fucking nudist <laughs> colony or whatever you call them. So Busso again is like he's like she's trying to get more information. He's like he says who are the directors of the club and Teresa again is like I don't know. I was just hired by an agency. Like I don't know all the ins and outs. And so Busso is like okay, lady. You're either very discreet or very ignorant. Either way, you're going to have to come declarar, and you better not go anywhere. Yeah. So Vasquez, meanwhile, goes to that agency that Teresa said she was hired by. The woman he's speaking to at this agency finds some information on Teresa, and she tells him that Maria Elena Prado hired Teresa, which oh, is fishy, because Teresa was they... like, I don't know her. Yeah. yeah, so Teresa's lying. Wow, I did not get any of this, so this is very clear now. Watch people like listen well. to this episode and be like, you <laughs> fucking idiots are idiots because we watched so. it once and got it. No, no. dude, there's no way. There's it's no confusing. Way. It's There's confusing. no fucking way. So we cut to Busso. He's gone to see Padre Leonardo that the that the old collector told him about. And Busso shows the Padre the cross dagger. The Padre says this is from the Inquisition. It still carries the green stones of the Santo Oficio. Uh -huh. The Padre says, I'll give you some addresses for people who collect this kind of stuff. And then Busso says, do you think brujas still exist today? And the Padre says... Brujas are everywhere and they're multiplying. You can tell someone is a witch by the mark of the devil. Or if a poor woman with too many moles, <laughs> if a poor woman had too many moles, they could be accused of being a witch. And if I lived back then, I, wrote, I would I be fucked. I'd be I wrote burned. down, una pobre mujer con varios lunares podía ser acusada de brujería. And then right after I wrote, it me. <laughs> I, I, right after I wrote, I'd be fucked. Like, Bro, just dead. Puro, We'd be screwed. Puro lunares. Like, literally, yeah, the dude. one on your nose, they would poke yeah, it. Yeah, they'd be like, bruja. <laughs> All right. Wait, so then, oh, por favor. Uh -huh. Another thing with the lunares is uh -huh. one of the blonde women they were stabbing her in the lunar because it was like if if he if they don't show feeling in those lunares that means that they're a witch and that's what they were doing to what's her face and she was screaming her fucking face off this and is so, something i did not catch good fucking catch i fucking did this it. ties in later this later. ties in later <laughs> Uh, nice catch. Thank okay, you. so Vasquez shows up and he tells Busso, hey, Teresa was hired by Prado. They know each other. So Busso is like, gotta go, padre. But then the padre says, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you just say Club Thieb? Because that's one of the names that witches call the devil. Thieb. <laughs> sure, dude. Okay. All right, so we're back at Club Thieb. Teresa is straight up burning the club registry. The goons show up and they abduct her. So we're back at the torture place, and Teresa's being questioned by Turtleneck, and he's like, who told you to burn the Club Thieb member registry? 
And she says it was Herrera, the lawyer of the club. Right. Okay, everybody's getting tied in Things here. Things are getting all involved. Meanwhile, the package gals, are they go to the beach. They're having a lovely time. And this is interspliced with scenes of Teresa being tortured. And Turtleneck asked Teresa if the women who arrived with El Extranjero are brujas. And, and she she's says, like, yes. Si, sí, bruja, son bruja. Todas son brujas, son brujas. Esas perras son brujas. I was like, damn, you're a snitch. What, but that means l the women who arrived with the extranjero, that's package gals and Herrera, correct? So, yes. So does that yes. mean that they know our connect they, that's again why i'm like are these guys in cahoots it was ever clear I, I, honestly i don't think it really even matters but no. you're right it's never clarified yeah. however when she's like see sí, sombrujas sombrujas we get a quick shot of the women again on the beach and marcela draws a pentagram, a pentagram in the sand and then susana's like no 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 girl don't do that right now don't do it let's go frolic in the beach and <laughs> i was like oh okay i see okay. what's going on some things are getting yes now we're figuring up. this out so now we cut to the package gals they're on the town they're seeing the sights with some of their guys and susana and marcela are like you know what we gotta go see a family friend Bye. Brother, so, in okay. that part, they're like, a joka, 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 taxi. And I was like, no <laughs> le entendi nada except for taxi. The only reason I caught it is because there is a scene prior, which I cut because it didn't matter. But it was like where they were like, later today, we have to go see a family friend. So this is them being like, that family friend we mentioned, we're going to go see them right now. <laughs> where we see the actual fucking yes. stereotypical witch that comes out of the yes. house and is like <laughs> so literally Susana and Marcela they go to a witch's house she is like I knew you had arrived yes I have newt Basin. <laughs> like full stereotype like just full witch uh, I love her though she's amazing she might as well uh, boil boil turn yeah. into oil <laughs> double double whatever the fuck whatever. it is so she leads them <laughs> into her going. home and we're like oh shit Susana and Marcela they're really witches Are actually witches so we cut to Busso's office with Herrera and Busso says Curly Bob Tia the, the Tia of the two sisters was burned to death you fucking knew about Herrera and you didn't tell me yeah so Busso says what the fuck is Club Tib? Are there witches there? And Herrera says, come on, dude, there's no witchcraft. The uncle of Maria Elena, his name was Jeremias Tib. And a few years ago, one of his businesses went bankrupt. Went bankrupt. So his business partner, Miguel Bilet, fucking husband, father, grandfather, Theo. somebody, Theo de, de la Marga Bilet, uh -huh. evil blonde. Yeah. So business partner, Miguel Bilet, killed himself because the business went bankrupt. Thieb felt responsible for the suicide, so he took a trip to El Oriente, he adopted a strange religion, and then he founded Club Thieb, which was the temple of the religion. But there are no brujas there. There's no brujas. There's no brujas. And by the way, Bilet died by torching his house, and he burned alive 
in the house. That dude didn't kill himself. It was Thebe that burnt him alive. So Busso and Vasquez arrive at this seaside castle. And I'm just going to tell you, this is where the torture is taking place. This is the torture castle. We finally yeah. get like a view of what this place looks like. And it's a big it's castle. It's massive. Yeah. Oh, huge. On the edge of a cliff overlooking the ocean. Very gorgeous. Very cool. So they're greeted by White Mop of Hair. And they ask White Mop, hey, we need to see El Señor Fernando del Solar. So they meet with El Señor Solar, and it's fucking Turtleneck. Turtleneck. And so Busso hands him the cross dagger, and Turtleneck is like, oh, I have one similar to this. It's a weapon. It's part of a cross. It's very common. It can be found in many museums. He's very dismissive. Right. We cut to the package gals, and they're watching, I assume, the Peruvian army do like this intense, synchronized walk. Yeah. It's intense. They're like kicking and, and all at kicking, the same like, time. Kicking, like high kick to the face. My yeah. God. And so the ladies are doing all sorts of touristy stuff. And all the while, we see that they're being watched by aviators. Right. And then we see that Marga, evil blonde, arrives at a hotel looking for Herrera, who happens to be in the lobby making a call. Now, you would think that Herrera, if he was like, I'm in danger, he should know what she looks like. But he doesn't. Right? I mean, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> So she introduces herself to him and she's like, hi, I work for an insurance company for La Señorita Prado. And by the way, this woman is gorgeous. She the is most a beautiful stunner. woman. Holy yeah. shit. So Herrera immediately is like, oh, hi, we should go to the bar, have a drink. We'll be so be much more comfortable. So they go to the bar for a drink. They both say, wiki. Wiki. I wrote that wiki. down too. <laughs> wiki. That means wiki. Wiki. So Marga says, okay, the Prado sisters had a hefty life insurance policy. And Herrera says, well, you're going to have to talk to the parents because I have nothing to do with it. But Marga's like, wait, wait, wait. It turns out that the beneficiary of the life insurance policy is Club Thebe. And I couldn't find the people in charge, so maybe you know them. She's being very like, just tell me, you know. Wink, wink. Yeah. And so Herrera says, yeah, I know some of them. I'll try to get you some info, but it'll take me some time. And by the way, since it's going to take me some time, you know, I was thinking I, could use I should spend some more time Peru. in Lima. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to be my guide? And she's like, oh, I thought you'd I never ask. I love it. My like, God. Like, she is playing that fucker like a fiddle. Yeah. We cut to the package gals, and they're touring what looks like an Inquisition museum, where a guide takes it into the Calabozos Subterraneos, which are the underground dungeons. Just want to make a point that at this, Please. right right outside the museum, they're walking by, and a bunch of birds are flying, and that is applausos. Applause for the birds. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, so they're still being watched by aviators. He follows them to yet another tourist spot, which is super spooky. This is the catacombs. And at one point, while they're kind of going through the museum portion of the catacombs, we get a quick shot of Susana and Marcela kind of looking at each other slyly when they're looking at religious artifacts. They steal a candle. Oh, did they? I didn't notice that. So they wow. look at each other uh -huh. like, hello. I'm look a witch. Here. Yeah, a witch? I'm a witch. You are a witch. <laughs> we are both witches in this yeah. witchy area. Oh, man. And they show this like candle holder. And then when they pan them like moving on with like, oh, time to move on with the group. Okay. They walk away and the candle is gone. So they stole it. I did not fucking catch that. But Boom. I did catch that they say, que barbaro, que barbaro, which I, <laughs> oh, God, I love it so much. 
So Uh. at one point, Aviators comes up to them and he says, do you need a guide? And they are so happy. They say, yes, we would love a guide. So Aviators guides them into the dark catacombs, which literally, like, it's skulls everywhere. We're, like, forming archways in there. It's It's insane. Very creepy and bones everywhere. And it's pitch black. And that motherfucker is still wearing his Aviators. You douchebag. So at one point, Susanna, she says, crap, I forgot my camera, so I'll be right back. And Aviators, meanwhile, keeps taking Marcela and Alicia deeper into deeper the catacombs. Deeper and deeper. Girl, Madonna. I was and about so- to say, <laughs> deeper and deeper. Oh, my God. Okay, so back up in, like, the main museum area, Susanna gets her camera, and this dude comes up to her and says, hey, excuse me, miss, I'll be your guia. And Susanna says, we already got a guia, that creepy guy with the Aviators. And so the real Gia is like, there is no other guide, honey. I'm going to go with you to check out who is that. You got played, ma'am. That, that's yeah. a imposter Gia. Outside the museum, we see that Busso and Vasquez have arrived. So they quickly join up with Susana and the real Gia to find the other gals. Aviators is still leading Marcela and Alicia deeper into the catacombs. We see like a dark figure watching them and lots of creepy flashlight shots of the catacombs in the dark. Really spooky. Eventually, Marcela and Alicia are attacked, knocked out, and they're taken away in a car by aviators and his goons. We cut to Susana at Busso's office and she's looking through this big book of suspects and she clearly sees a picture of aviators. But when Busso says, do you recognize that man? She says, no, 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 I don't. She gets up to leave, but she gives a little witchy smile. She knows. Oh, she knows. She's about to do some voodoo, that bitch. So Basquez comes in and he says, Hey, Busso, the address that Marga gave the airline when she arrived is false. So Busso is like, we got to find her. And by the way, there's a connection between the package gals and Club Thieb because they traveled with Herrera. And I'm pretty sure that is all we get of the connection. Yes? Sure. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Uh, This is the point where I wrote, who the fuck is Margavile? <laughs> we are 10 <laughs> minutes from the end. Yeah. 10 minutes from the end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So speaking of which, we cut to Margavile and Herrera and having fucking. sex. And I just got to say, 70s movies sex is so awkward sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It feels so... um tentative you know what i mean totally it gives me the creep sometimes like the kissing is always very delicate superficial it's yes you know what i mean it's just like yeah mm, mm, and then you're supposed to be fucking and it's just like it's just like delicate yeah yeah like that's not how people fuck (laughs) (laughs) fuck better so So they're having, they have sex awkwardly, and then they're having a post-coitus cigarette when Marga pulls out a cross dagger, she like basic ba- instinct. I, mean, st- I was about to say, <laughs> basic Basic instinct. So they're about to start round two of awkward sex, but she stabs him in the back with the dagger. She kills him, and meanwhile, the phone is ringing and ringing and ringing. She quickly gets up. She gets dressed. Downstairs, we see that it's Busso and Vasquez calling to up to the room there, yeah. where she just fucking murdered Herrera. There's clearly no answer. So I guess like the hotel manager is like, I'll take you guys up. We got to go check the room. And Marga, in the meantime, manages to escape. 
Meanwhile, Marcela and Alicia have been taken to the torture castle. Okay, Uh-oh. just so we know, they're at the torture castle. Yes. So Susana goes to see the old witch, classic old witch, and the yeah. witch is like, "Oh, I've been expecting Welcome. you. Yes, Marcela's in Marcella. trouble, right?" <laughs> She's like, "Let's hurry. Let's go." I saw it in my crystal ball. <laughs> So we see Susana in bed, and this is intercut with scenes of Marcela being undressed, chained up, and tortured by aviators. And this is where your observation comes in. Yeah. Because he's poking her. With the dagger on her lunares. She doesn't make a sound. Nary a sound. Not a sound. Bruja. Bruja. And meanwhile, Alicia is on the rack watching this poking happen. Jeez. And now back with Susana, she gets out of bed. She takes off all her clothes. She grabs two black candles and a red sheet. She puts the candles on the ground and the red sheet in between them. And on the red sheet, we see a pentagram. So she softly starts to chant. This door opens behind her, letting in smoke and bright light. Bright light. Yeah. Devil stuff. (laughs) And all of a sudden, like there's a demon statue in the room, and we see that the demon statue and Susana are all like lit up in red light. And she seems to be like overwhelmed with like devil demonic pleasure. She's just like the devil. Coming with the devil. So back in their cell, after they've been tortured, Marcela is comforting Alicia. She says, don't worry, they're not going to kill us. Susana, she's going to save us. The goons come in. They take Alicia. Marcela attacks aviators by grabbing his hair, but he smacks her and she falls to the floor. But she grabbed that chunk of hair. She grabbed the tuft of hair. So she is about to do some witchy shit. Yeah. So she puts the tuft of hair on the ground. She draws a pentagram around it and a circle around herself. Just want to say. Please say. At this point, when she clears off the floor to removing the debris so she can draw her pentagram. Yeah. Applausos. (laughs) Applause for like the hay on the floor (laughs) It looked like bones to me. It looked like little bones and shit. I mean, who could have been fucking anything? Probably. It probably was bones from all the the brujas. So she begins to sway around inside this pentagram. We cut back to Susana, and now she's in a full red robe in like a Satan chamber. It's all smoky and red. She's surrounded by a circle of old witches chanting in black robes. Yes. Susana says, Belzebut. Señor de los infiernos, destrúchelos. 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 <laughs> and everybody, including Marcela in her dungeon, everybody's swaying and chanting. The old witches who are horrible are swaying and chanting. And as Marcela is swaying in her room by herself, we see that the tuft of hair is there in front of her. She sways back. It's not there anymore. And then all of a sudden, we're in this chamber with Susana and the witches. And either Susana or one of the witches opens her hands. And the tuft and is there. And there's the fucking tuft of hair. So they're forming this, like, I like a voodoo, voodoo clay. clay figure. Yeah. yeah. Like, smushy clay figure. And I think they put the hair into it. Yeah. I'm assuming that's what they do. Meanwhile, very quickly, Busso and Vasquez are at a doctor's office. And the doctor says, yes, I remember Margavilet. She used to be the doctor in charge of group therapy at this clinic, which must have been tied to what we saw at the very very top where that nurse was like, isn't this dangerous? Right. So this doctor's like, yeah, she used to be in charge of group therapy. It's tough to remember all her patients, but I do remember a dangerous sadist, Alex Muned. 
And this other guy who was delirious and thought he was being chased by witches, his name was Fernando del Solar. Hello. Turtleneck. Turtleneck. So Marga arrives at the torture castle. She's like, we've got to escape now because they're coming for us. They're going to lock your crazy asses up again. So we're going to find another place where they won't find us. So Marga starts to free Alicia and says to Alicia, get out of here or they're going to kill you. And Turtleneck says, you have pacted with the devil. And so Marga's like, no, 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 dude. Hold on. Wait, hold on. We will take the women with us. They won't be able to find us. But Turtleneck is like, absolutely not. He tells his goons, stop her. Okay, Uh she's basically Nurse Ratchet is what I liken her to. She is a woman that leads group therapy for people that are clinically insane. Yes. Then she's like, oh, but we're friends now. And she thinks that they're not going to turn on her at some point. These people are crazy, lady. And you're like, but I love to murder, so they're never going to do anything to me. I thought we bonded over burning witches. What the fuck? You should know better, Marga. These people are, these people need help. Hello. So Marga's like, no, 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 it's cool, it's cool. But Turtleneck is like, hey, goons, stop her. So they stop her, they strap her up to the rack, they tear all her clothes off. And then we're back with Susana. She's chanting and she says, hells, princes, and kings, Pae, Belial, Asmudar, Ahtoroth. It reminded me of- um, Alucarda. <laughs> Alucarda. But she also says, Paimon, like payment oh from Hereditary. God, Hereditary. Remember that shit? No. And then she says, dude with the name Alex. <laughs> and she picks up the clay voodoo statue. She spits on it. She grabs a little dagger, stabs it in the voodoo head. his ass. And <laughs> meanwhile, Alex is like whipping the shit out of Marcela. He screams in pain, grabs his head, and he's all full of blood on his head. And then again, Susana stabs the clay figure, this time in the throat, and it fucks up Turtleneck, who grabs his throat, and we see a huge cross dagger shoved into his throat. The same kind that was used to kill the yes. chofer in the beginning. And then the witches somehow free Marcela from her shackles, so Marcela frees Alicia, and they just kind of walk off as the goons are watching in fear. Right. Susana twists the head of the clay figure, and then one of the goons is choked to death by a chain. So Curly Mop Goon goes running off in fear. He's standing at the edge of the castle overlooking the sea. One of the witches slams the clay figure down, and Curly Mop goes falling off to his death onto the rocks below. Bye. Goodbye. So left alone in the torture chamber, the rack that Marga is tied to starts to like come alive because the witches are turning it with their witch power. <laughs> okay, it starts to fucking uh huh. Please. So as she's as they the witches are like using their powers to turn the wheels. Yeah. We get our final applausos. <laughs> applause for. For this, the, the, the wheels turning in the rack. <laughs> Honestly, applause for the rack, because you did applause, a great job throughout this whole movie. Applausos, <laughs> applausos. Applause for the rack as it turns, or turns, as it stretches Marga. She screams in pain, and then we cut to the cops. They arrive at the torture castle. They rush into the torture chamber, and they take down Marga, and they say, call an ambulance. So I don't think she died. I think Marga survives this film. Maybe. Busso and Vasquez go down to the rocks. They find Curly Mop's dead body. And we just kind of see Marcela and Alicia walk off into the distance. That Literally, they're like, Bye. See you later, bitch. We love the devil, whores. Yeah, that's <laughs> go it. Go fuck yourself. Bye. And then we get a voiceover over shots of like the beautiful ocean, the torture castle. Busso says, Hey, Vasquez, do you think witches exist? And Vasquez says, 
Hell no, dude, of course not. But Busso says, well, I'm starting to think they do. Fin de la, de la película. película. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Good job, All right, dude. dude. Wow. Oof. Honestly, you cleared up a lot of stuff for me that I didn't well, but understand. But also some awesome ob- observations of your own that I didn't catch. So dude. we did this together. Yes, we <laughs> Let's get it. some trivia from, from you. Okay, so I found a really great an extensive article about this movie called El Inquisidor, Una Película Maldita, a cursed film. Ooh. And it's by Pablo Sapere. And it's the same the same article from Cinefania that gave me the synopsis at the top. Cool. It's It was in Spanish, so I threw it into Google Translate to hopefully... We're such cheaters. <laughs> oh my gosh. What have I started? Mira. Because... <laughs> It helps because it's actually because it's very extensive and it gave a lot of information and I was like I don't want to sit here and be like yeah sure absolutely okay says here in Argentina there are few films that can be classified as películas malditas or cursed films undoubtedly El Inquisidor an Argentine Peruvian co-production is one of them. Banned by censorship, released 12 years late, very few showings and very little broadcast on TV, forgotten by critics. It is an ungrateful journey for a horror and sex film that, with a little bit more luck, Mm. could have been a cult film. Totally. In the beginning of 1969, in Argentina, El Ente de Calificación Cinematográfica or the cinematographic qualification (laughs) entity, or basically the body of ratings, the people that... Oh, like a rating system. A rating system began to function in Argentina, a state body with the mission of authorizing or prohibiting any film to be screened in the country, either with or without cut scenes. So, like, they had the choice to, like, you can show this, but you can't show these sections, or you can't show your film at all. Wow, okay. It was created during la dictadura de Juan Carlos Onganilla until its dissolution in 1983. It prohibited or censored up until 727 movies. Holy shit. Yeah. In August of 1974, Miguel Paulino Tato, who was a film critic and director ideologically linked to the conservative nationalism of, Ni- mm. of I almost said of Nicaragua, of Argentina, <laughs> took control of El Ente de Calificación. Oh, boy. Tato devoted himself to his task with a curious verbiage and fervor worthy of a better cause. So he was like, it's better for the people. Okay. Um, to the point that over time he's considered the highest censor in the history of Argentine cinema. At the end of his work in September 1978, Tato boasted of having banned 374 films. Boasted. Boasted, wow. yes. Uh, and no one is able to calculate that num- the number of cut scenes that he finally authorized in his work. But what isn't commented on is that Tato began a curious witch hunt within the horror genre, mm. even banning several films of the shon- of the genre such as Vampire Circus by Robert Young, Dracula, Dan Curtis's Dracula, mm-hmm. or the Argentine-Spanish co-production of El Mariscal del Infierno. 
which maybe let's put that on our list. Yeah. It's clear that Tato had an aversion to horror, but it is equally worth noting that the persecution of the genre extended until the decline of censorship, which was around 1983. And he, at this point, had already been retired for more than five years. So this suggests that the prohibitions went beyond personal states and were now state policy, basically. Okay, so we're getting like political here. Yeah. Okay. El Inquisidor, our film, this was the name that they decided to like premiere it with was El Inquisidor, was submitted for qualification in 1975, but it was very swiftly banned. The only explanation that Tato ever gave for banning the movie was that it was, quote, bad. Oh. <laughs> okay. Wow. The film was banned until 1984, which was the year that around the year where El Ente de Calificación was dissolved. But despite that, it took a few more years for it to be released. When they finally did decide to show the film in November 6th of 1986, it was chosen to put the erotic aspect of the film in the foreground. For that, the title was changed to El Fuego del Pecado. And a campaign was made in graphic media with more or less suggestive images and phrases such as Sus cuerpos ardían atraídos por una insana pasión. Okay, wow. So, like, my body's on fire, I have passion, all that stuff. Insane passion. Yeah, so basically selling it more as erotic rather than horror. Sure. There is nothing in these advertisements to suggest that it is a horror film. Hmm. The name change was due to the fact that the producers assured that the word fire was very good for selling movies, that people would be attracted to the word fire. But... The oblivion to which this film was subjected to is what is the most remarkable. A search on the internet does not present us with any criticism or critics talking about the film. It's almost as if no one has had seen it. Mm. Only a short article in an old issue of October 1997 of the special magazine or specialized or like, I guess, focused magazine, quote, La Cosa, seems to recall the existence of this horror film. It hasn't been on TV for years and can only be found in specialized video stores. So like censorship in Argentina was just a very big thing, especially during... I mean, they buried this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So that's... I thought that was really interesting about the film. The other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, a little bit about the Peruvian Inquisition, which was started in January 9th of 1570 and ended in 1820. El Santo Oficio, or the Holy Office, and the Tribunal of the Inquisition were located in Lima. Mm -hmm. And the museum that they go to with all that fucking stuff that they were looking at, all the bones and all that stuff, that's an actual museum in Lima. Cool. And it's called El Museo de la Inquisición y del Congreso. This is a little bit on this lovely museum. It's from the website peruspecialist.com. 
So the museum is located in one of the oldest buildings in Lima. The building has a portal with pillars dating from 1570 and is located a few blocks southeast of the Plaza Mayor. It served several purposes throughout the centuries, while after the conquest of Peru, the Inquisition of the Catholic Church, until its abolition in 1820, had its facilities in the building. So basically that was like the place where they held tribunal and all that fucking shit. The building served after the Declaration of Independence of Peru from Spain as the seat of Congress and later of the Senate, also of Peru, once the Inquisition was gone. The museum has been representing these two parts of history since 1968 in its original premises. And the museum is very popular. It is one of the most visited museums in Lima. Find out why. (laughs) And I'll tell you why here. With the Spanish immigrants, the Catholic Church came to Peru, and with the Catholic Church, the Inquisition. The exhibition in the museum offers an overview of the halls and the organization of the Inquisition. For example, visitors will learn interesting facts about the conditions of detention of of the prisoners, Mm. whereas in the public cells, the food was quite good and the visits were allowed, prisoners of the secret cells had to conform to a lower standard. Of course, it was the seriousness of the crime that determined the Inquisition, which, as you know, was not always fair. So basically, they're like, what that guy was yelling to the to the women. What was he yelling? Yeah, yeah, right. What is the accusation or whatever the hell he said? What are you accused of and all that shit? Yeah. The highlight of the set is the torture chamber with its various instruments. Which we saw in this movie. Yes. Yeah. In all the rooms, the processes of the Inquisition are shown in scenes reconstructed at full size. Visitors can get a good picture of what it was <laughs> centuries ago in this building. So I went to TripAdvisor to <laughs> see what people were saying about the Museum of Inquisition. Sure. It says here about... This grisly museum features the underground dungeons and torture chambers that were used to punish accused heretics. And there's a bunch of pictures of like the same things we saw, but in color. Uh And they have like people tied up and getting stretched and like the cells. Shit. It's horrible. Uh, somebody from Singapore says, terrifying place. Interesting to visit this place. Visit the areas where people were tortured, the caves where they <laughs> detained the sentenced. This place will transport you to the ancient times of this city. Highly recommend to visit this place. <laughs> uh, Wendy says, does anyone know if it's open now? Thank you. I don't want to drive there to find out that it's still closed because I guess it was closed for a little while. <laughs> Got it, Wendy. Oh. Wait, Christina here says still closed. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Was that recent? Was it that says like COVID June, times? June 2019. So. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. The before times. Yeah. And lastly, uh, this guy from Nevada says, not for the meek. I found this museum both very interesting and deeply disturbing. Mm. It highlights one of the cruelest periods in the history of Christianity, which is a story that needs to be told over and over. I applaud Peru for this museum. Applausos. Applausos. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, 
that's a little bit about that museum. Cool. And that's the end of my trivia. Love it. I also found that Cinefania website that you did because that I just got to recommend this to people. Like if you want to learn more, that article is in depth. There's an interview with the director. There's a yeah. whole bunch of other stuff. It's a great article. Highly recommend reading that. All right, here is my trivia. This is from Wikipedia, The Rack. Ooh. The Rack is a torture device consisting of a rectangular, usually wooden frame, slightly raised from the ground, with a roller at one or both ends. The victim's ankles are fastened to one roller and the wrists are chained to the other. As the interrogation progresses, a handle and ratchet mechanism attached to the top roller are used to very gradually retract the chains, slowly increasing the strain on the prisoner's shoulders, hips, knees, and elbows, causing excruciating pain. By means of pulleys and levers, this roller could be rotated on its own axis, thus straining the ropes until the sufferer's joints were dislocated. Oof. Oh, dislocated and eventually separated. Uh. Additionally, if muscle fibers are stretched excessively, they lose their ability to contract, rendering them ineffective. Which oh, is, just floppy I mean, legs and just arms. Just floppy leg muscles. Awful. <laughs> One gruesome aspect of being stretched too far on the rack is the loud popping noises made by snapping cartilage, ligaments, or bones. My butthole just burst. So it's the the thing is like this happened to people. Yeah, fucking happened. Another method for putting pressure upon prisoners was to force them to watch someone else being subjected to the rack. Confining the prisoner on the rack enabled further torches to be simultaneously applied, typically including burning the flanks with hot torches or candles, which we kind of saw like with Cristina in the beginning, or using pincers made with specially roughened grips to tear out the nails of the fingers and toes. Or oh my God. sliding thin slivers of red hot coal between pairs of adjacent toes. No. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely That's fucking horrifying. Not. Horrifying. Horrifying. Oh my God. Okay, let's see here. I just want to say something real quick about that article you brought up, uh, Cinefania. Yeah. And just talking about what the director, Bernardo Arias, when he was interviewed, he was talking about how in Lima, this was not banned. It was banned yeah, in that Argentina. Yeah, that it went really well, that people were yeah. lining up to see it instead of the exorcist yes that's what he that's what i want to talk about how like at the same theater the exorcist was playing and el inquisidor was playing the exorcist was like a few people there but inquisidor was packed so this was a fucking hit at least in peru when it first came out which i just thought was super cool let's talk very quickly about olga subarri from Wikipedia, this was the woman who played La Tia. Curly Bob Thea. So she was a classic Argentine actress who appeared in film between 1943 and 1997. She made over 60 appearances in film, spanning six decades of Argentine cinema, but is best known for her work during the golden age of Argentine sim- cinema. She is credited with starring in the first film in Argentina, which featured nudity, though 
only her back was shown, uh. and she stated repeatedly that she wore a flesh-colored mesh and was not truly nude. But apparently for this nude scene in this movie, which is called El Ángel Desnudo. <laughs> okay. Even though she was like, you know, she's like, I wasn't naked, I was covered in flesh-colored mesh. She did win the 1946 Silver Condor Award of the Film Critics Association for Best New Actress for El Ángel Desnudo. Cool. And my last rather foolish thing of trivia is, I was like, why are these witches drinking orange juice? Why? <laughs> <laughs> so I found an Etsy shop, www.etsy.com slash shop slash the Witchwood Tea House. And it tells you like different, I guess, magical elements or properties of different Are you things, about to you say know? that witches just love to drink orange juice? I don't think it's like specifically like witches just are huge fans of it. But there love are citrus. specific <laughs> properties to orange that are used sure. in, I guess, you know, what do they call it? Wicca, I guess, is what it would be called. So the powers of orange, love, divination, luck, money. It is also known as the love fruit, Ooh. apparently, to witches. Orange is added to tea for a variety of reasons. It can be used to summon love, luck, and to manifest prosperity. In a tea or juiced, orange can be used to replace sacred wine in a ceremony. Use orange flowers to create lust or love potions. <laughs> Couples may drink orange-infused tea to ensure wedded bliss. Oh, that's nice. Which I was like, does this apply to the movie? Like, I guess they were really interested. Like, at one point, they're like, ooh, we're going to meet all these peruanos. I can't wait. It's going to be so fun. So maybe they just wanted to, like, turn on some lust and, like, you know, meet some men to sleep with. Pero quien sabe? So that is what orange is used for, apparently, in witchcraft and that's my trivia very cool how about i ask you some questions please do okay johnny were you scared no were you no <laughs> <laughs> since you weren't scared what was your best scare i'm gonna say being in the catacombs where we got those creepy flashlight shots of all of the catacombs basically all the skulls and stones i thought they were gonna give us like a jump in there like one of the goons was gonna jump out which it didn't happen but sure. i was like ooh, i was creeped out what about you i guess for me it was like the first burnt body we saw it was pretty ooh, like yeah. gross and ugly and i didn't yeah it's they, they did good with that they did well burning burning bodies is not my jam as it's, Ooh, it yeah dude freaks me out so it's awful yeah bad who was your favorite character i mean <laughs> i want to say like the little witch the passing passing but yeah. i guess i'll give it to marcela and susana no you know what i'm gonna give it to marcela specifically mm -hmm. because she was kind of like a sassy bitch like at one point she really gave uh turtleneck some like real sassy witchy looks i love that when she was getting poked poked she was just like i'm fine yeah i'm a witch so I'll give it to Marcela. Why not? What about you? I'm going to give it to Marga because I thought she had yeah. great hair and style and was like, oh, I'll take you. She had an interesting arc. Yeah. I'll be your guide in Peru. And like she got to fuck and I was like, sure, why <laughs> she not? She did great. Yeah. Yeah. What was your best line? Belzebuth, Señor de los Infiernos, Destrúchelos, Destrúchelos. Susana with her thick Argentina accent. Love it. Love it. What about you? 
una pobre mujer con varios lunares podía ser acusada de brujería. Again, it's me. We're fucked, bro. Just all the fucking moles we have. Yeah, everywhere. What was your best death? I'm gonna say poor Cristina at the top, like freshly married and then tortured on the rack and then burned alive. When I didn't say it, but like when she's burned alive at the top, she's on like the wooden frame and she even falls, like the whole yes. frame falls with her and it pauses for a second. It might have just been a glitch, but I was like, this is awful. Yeah. So I'll give it to to Cristina. What about you? I mean, they all kind of died the same way. They all yeah. were stretched and burnt. So yeah. I'll I'll Poked. agree with you. No, I'll give it to her sister, Maria Elena Prado, because she yeah. she got poked a bunch and she was like screaming bloody murder when she yeah. She was not witchy. <laughs> her lunares were real. So well, can we actually talk about this real quick? Sure. So she wasn't a witch. She was not a witch. But she is involved with Club Thieb. And like Herrera was also involved in We never what, get what happened? We never get an explanation of what the fuck Herrera had to do with anything about this money situation. Like it, we never once we discover that the other two girls are witches, everything else is thrown out the window. So the two, Marcela, Alicia, and Susana are witches. Everybody else, not a witch. Herrera, not think... involved in witchcraft. Alicia was not a, was not a witch. You're right, Alicia's not. But like, no. literally everybody else, even though, because Club Thieb is clearly involved in some sort of witchcraft Witchy, scheme the business. The weird religion that, Tib yes. had before, but I think they just happened to be related to a guy who was a weirdo, and then. Into, but that doesn't mean that they're witches. That they're practicing. They're just kind of right. So yeah. Curly Bob Thea, Herrera, Cristina, Maria Elena, not witches, but still. Unless we're, unless I think, we're meant to understand that seeing those little devil statues everywhere meant that they That's were the but not we never get a confirmation yes or no the only ones we know for sure like that are witches are las dos otra right yeah girl but i'm still like wait why do you have demon statues yeah why who knows oh my god anyway keep going <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh, did you man. learn anything from this movie i'm gonna say it was interesting to see lima in the 70s and like to actually see the touristy stuff to yeah. see like the military synchronized walk but i didn't really learn anything I agree. so i'm gonna say no again they say they say it in this article the cinefania article that it's basically a postcard of peru yeah and i think if that's learning, then I learned. Yeah. And finally, how many uis do you give this movie? I'm going to give this movie two and a half uis, you know, which I, it seems, is that, a, is that a lot? This feels like a lot. But <laughs> <laughs> like, I would detract, but because it was, I was so freaking confused. But I like the fact that it does feel kind of like a little kind of bad hidden gem in there that was banned that not many people know about. And I I'm, I really like the the thing of, you know, Margavilet and her family being like, these are witches, we need to burn all of them, but they're not actually witches. But then that's what it is. They're, they were never really witches. That's not what it was ever and fucking that's about. what the Inquisition also was, basically. Right. They're not fucking witches. That's the point. But then that these two, like, Unfortunately, you messed with the wrong bitches, yeah. witches, and 
witch bitches and like you you fucked yourself and i yeah. love that little twist of like marcela and susana are now gonna fuck you mess up. your shit up because they're actually witches i like that so i get it it's kind of bad but i give it two and a half what about you i'm giving it one ooey. <laughs> okay and that's me being cool. incredibly generous, generous because <laughs> no le entendi nada everybody looked the fucking same yeah it, i mean the the torture stuff sucked, pero, you know, there wasn't many scares in there. There were no scares. Yeah. <laughs> One scare. The, no. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's uh, unfortunate, but sorry. <laughs> sorry, hey, El Inquisidor slash Fuego del Pecado or que se yo. Slash Bruja Desnudas. Yeah, <laughs> Bruja Desnudas. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think we, fig- we pretty much figured it out, though, right? Yes, I... I'm going to say 80% of it we figured yeah, out. Yeah, I think we're pretty close. Yeah. This is another moment where we should ask our followers to watch this and give us your take. Because did we miss something? Are we wrong? Quién sabe? Yeah. You all explain it to us. Please, because what the hell is going on? <laughs> so let's get out of these catacombs and yes. uh, back into the real world. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please Subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on the redes sociales at Wikiorror on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you to Sonoro Podcast for hosting us. Uh, you can follow them at, at Sonoro Podcast. Send us an email. Tell us, hey, if you have suggestions for movies, please do. We love to hear yeah. from you and what you think we should watch. Wikiorror at gmail.com. Or, you know, on, on our social media, whatever. Just, yeah. It's great because we you know we'll, we'll find stuff but also if you have something you want us to either love or hate we're happy to do that as well yeah, we're getting more suggestions which i really like yeah and i guess that's it i mean make sure to applaud birds fire <laughs> bones <laughs> uh oh, man. racks <laughs> anywhere you can find a chance applausos yeah. Drink some orange juice for love. And uh, listen, hey, be proud of your moles because it took me a long time to be proud of mine, man. I so. love my moles. <laughs> I love my moles. And, and if I'm that, a witch. If that makes me a witch, well, so, so fucking, fucking be, be it. it. <laughs> hey, Johnny, I fucking love you. I fucking love you too. And we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. Adios. Adios. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.